Welcome back to the JJK Chronicles, a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chad. Hi, I'm Ronnie. And today, what we're covering is Season 2, Episode 11, Seance. Episode 35, if you need a definition for seance, I have become well prepared. Thank you, because I did not know this word at all. You didn't know it at all? Nope. Like, yeah, okay, what do you mean by that? Like, you had like never I, heard I of the word? I probably have heard of it. Whoa, it, whoa, 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 You're saying you had never even heard of the word is how you felt? Yeah. Yikes. Expand your vocabulary. See, I'm the kind of person, I have a very wide vocabulary. I just don't have definitions for all those words, which mean I don't think they're technically in my vocabulary. But if I know a big word, I say it still. There's been plenty of times. When's the last time you've said seance? Because my diction ain't fiction, bro. I think I, I think I was saying seance just the other day. I don't I don't have to lie about words and just spew them out there without knowing what they mean and just hope they mean the best, you know? But that's exactly what I do, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it backfires really badly. Seance. I'll help you out here. It's going to mean, I mean, so you didn't look it up? I did. It's something with, like, ghosts. Okay. First of all, I'm glad that you did look it up because if you didn't, I would have said bad podcast host. Um, the fact that you did and you only remember that it had something to do with ghost is not great. Well, I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, I don't like that word. Not a fan. And that's fair too. It's it's not one of my top uh, 100 words actually. Seance, a meeting at which people attempt to make contact with the dead, especially through the agency of a medium. Wow, especially though. Yeah, so that's so. basically saying like a Luigi board. Oh, I, dude, I used to do Luigi boards all the time. And really? we would always just, somebody would be fake. I never faked it. Like I said, I am not a faker, but a lot of people would just start pushing the thing around to letters and it would say like, Chad. Whoa. Like, Whoa. That's the thing with Ronnie. You won't catch me at a seance. Never. If someone says, hey, you want to come to this seance? I'm going to say, nah. Yeah, I did it as a child. I, I wouldn't do it anymore. I don't believe in evil spirits like that. I think that would it would be a very bad thing to do. What do you mean you don't believe in evil spirits like that? I believe in evil spirits. That Okay, so you believe in evil spirits, but you don't think that they ought to be messed with. Correct. Back then, didn't, didn't care. Be, didn't care, didn't believe in them. Young, think, dumb, and free. Didn't think anything would happen. Nowadays, I'm like, I don't even want... Even though I think Luigi boards are a bunch of Luigi, mm-hmm. still not going to mess with it. And I don't know the other mediums that you... I mean, I'm assuming um, that guy Tom DeLong from Blink-182, he uses a lot of them. I think yeah. he's a ghost hunter, so he might use a bunch of those mediums. Because uh, big... he's, he's, off, he's often going around spooky places. Go, Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think that song in itself is a medium, but he's got a bunch of those gadgets. Yeah. Or any of the ladies from the Ghostbusters film. with the Yes. Lady. Yeah, yeah. Not a film. I think you knew that. Anyways, seance. What did you think about the episode, Ronnie? What a barn burner. Not what I was expecting at all. We didn't even get inside the veil, really. Or at all, did we? No. No, we haven't been inside. I mean, we're about to be. We did break the veil. Yes. Eventually we broke the veil, but then we had other matters to attend to, which were not lost on me. Uh... I was a little bit confused. We're going to talk about it in the episode, but overall, really enjoyed it. Spooked me. These people spook me out, oh man. Oh, my gosh. They spook yes. me out. But even though I don't like spooky things, they did spook me out in the best ways. Yeah, they, they spooked me out before they even did any backstory. And then once we got the backstory, it just made mm-hmm. it a whole lot worse. And I apologize for how many times I said spook. Well, it's spooky season. But when you're spooked, you say spooked. It's October. It is spooky season. They did such a great job yep. dropping this when they did it, especially with the uh, OP. You are my special. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. And Halloween's coming up. We're literally in Halloween right now. Shibuya. Halloween. Shibuya. Yeah, say Shibuya. Yeah, they, I mean, they, wow. Masterfully wow, this done. Is, yeah. The author's ahead of its time. I don't think the author had anything to do with its release uh, schedule on Crunchy, but they wrote it, and for that, I'll give them a hand. Mm -hmm. Just not giving them a hand for the release schedule. All right, well, check out the Patreon, guys. Patreon.com slash Ronnie and Chad. We're doing Vinland Saga right now. Three episodes ahead of where we're in the free feed, and we do learn a little something. Anyways, let's get into the episode. 
So we start off with Yuji attempting to punch through the veil to which the 1960s burglar, mm-hmm. Eno, is amazed by how powerful Yuji is. So he's an upperclassman, Yuji Fushi, underclassman, and he is just like, he's just looking at Yuji like, oh my gosh, that guy would kill me. Is how I took it. Yeah, he's amazed. He's like, oh wow, he's on the same level physically as uh as Nanami. As Nanami. And Nanami is a 25-year-old man or something like that. Fushi says they need to search for the veil's weak points. Um, they have to get inside. That's the whole goal here. And Inu gives us a rundown on the veils, saying that this is a barrier that keeps sorcerers out. It's designed to surround you and protect yourself. So it should be the person um, that did it. They should be on the inside. Is what right, which saying. is what I've been thinking was going on all along. Right. Um, so that was another, I got fooled there. But we find out that if you stay outside of it, okay, and you put yourself out in the open, it increases the strength of the veil because you're making yourself vulnerable. It's one of those takeaways. Like you might, you're, you're way more vulnerable, but it'll strengthen the veil. So if you're trying, whatever you're trying to hide on the inside mm-hmm. or stop mm-hmm. from going on the inside, is now harder. What doesn't kill you but could makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's an egg of Columbus idea, Ronnie. Yes. Also, very much what I was thinking, egg of Columbus. What in the hell does that mean? I think an egg of Columbus is essentially uh, dating back to Christopher Columbus when he drove over, he didn't drive, he sailed over to what we know an as modern-day North America and he had egg. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to go and then well, you... Even, uh, even Itadori's like, huh? Yeah, like, and then they the don't explain that? it. They don't no. take the time to explain it. Once again, if we were good podcasters, would we have looked it up? But it was one of those things I thought about looking up, and I go, Google's not even going to know what I'm talking about. Well, again, this is Eno. He's a 1960s burglar. In the 1960s, I feel like they used to just say shit like this all the time. So this is he's just playing the part. Right. Yeah, yeah. he's going to call like in a little bit. You guys might not have caught it. He's going to call Itadori and Fushi a wise guys. Yeah. So I'm going to look up 1960s burglar and see if this guy just pops up. Keep going. <laughs> okay. They see a giant tower. So they decide that the person slash persons must be there because it's an obvious getaway. Not only do they see the tower, the show made a choice here, which I found pretty funny, where they let uh, like our little group... They talked, they chatted back and forth for what felt like 45 seconds. The entire time they were blurry while the uh, the tower in the background was crystal clear. <laughs> which, I mean, obviously they were saying like, oh, it's right here. But I just thought it was an interesting choice to make it as clear as it did for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. Kind of like calling them stupid almost. We then go up to the top of the building to see a very ugly weird looking man i don't have a name for this guy right i couldn't really come up with one i'm not okay so which guy are we talking about exactly are we talking Uh, about mustache and and the what do you call mochismo mochismo i like i actually really like that name that's a good uh, machimo which one do you like better mochismo or machimo what does machimo mean i what does mochismo mean (laughs) okay machimo i like machimo (laughs) Because I'll tell you what this guy looks like. He looks like... We got a bunch of old-time characters in this. We got a 1960s burglar. This guy... And it's actually almost a perfect match because I did look up this one. He looks like the strongmen back in the old circus times. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that is a great... Yeah. Where they were essentially, if people remember, they were extremely huge, probably on some sort of like trial-run steroids. And, but then to make people really amazed, I think that they just like painted a bunch of huge styrofoam balls black and wrote like 1,000 on them and they just lifted them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like what was a strongman in a circus? Yeah. No one was going to a circus and watching them lift like, you know, 45 pound plates and go, oh, wow. <laughs> it was some sort of illusion. That's what I know about circuses. They're tricks. Don't fall for well, them. Well, not all of them. Yeah, you're right. The animal cruelty is not a trick at all. And there you go. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's just downright wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've seen bears attack, okay? When they realize they're being cruelized, bears will attack and just destroy the owner. Don't watch yeah. it. Not a fun sight. Don't watch it. 
yeah, at the top of the building, though, we've got Machimo, and we've got another dude. Yep. And we've got a granny. And I've got who this guy reminds me of, too. I don't have a name for him, so maybe you can help me out. This guy, for right now, he is getting ready to blow my freaking mind here in a few minutes. But as of when we first see him, he looks like he walked straight out of Cyberpunk, but he's only had like a few mm. upgrades done to him. To where you almost can't even tell he's had upgrades. Uh, outside of like the huge, weird head thing he's got. Head okay. te- technology mohawk looking thing. I like that. I like that. And what about the granny? The granny is just a creepy old lady. Old hag. Yep. That's what I call her. Yep. So the guy right you are. The guy then says though, we have a bunch of transfigured humans swarming the bottom floors. So he mentions that it will take the sorcerers a while to get to them. Okay, and when do you want to talk about this? Let's talk about it now unless you opt out of it. The veils were there all along, right? We had four veils that, that I remember because I went through them. It was at the end of last episode we saw a post credit scene with this trio of mm-hmm. circus people, right? But now they're leading us to believe that they are the ones who are having, like, keeping the outer veil going. Is that what I'm to understand? Because they've got the nails? It makes me think that they're working with... Um Brainiac. Okay, so which would mean that what we saw at the post credit scene last episode was a flashback? No. Because they say here, wow, can't believe that uh, uh, that Gojo is sealed. They said that last episode. Right. The only reason they know that, the whole plan, they probably know the whole plan is to seal Gojo, but the fact that it actually happened and Yuji was yelling it across the city, they heard him say that. And I'm with all that. I understand yeah, yeah. that. But I don't understand how they come into play with the veil. The veil was already set up. No? Yeah, yeah. I, they probably just set it up, though. They were just doing that from the outside for Brainiac is what it sounds like. So you're saying that you think this is a fifth additional veil? Pro- possibly. I'm not. I'm kind of confused on that too. <laughs> okay, all right. But I was. That's just what I was confused by because I. I agreed. I was like, okay. I took the post credit scene scene of last episode to really happen after Gojo was sealed, but now like I don't know how much time has passed, but it seems like not very long. Not that long, yeah. And now these guys have the nails for whatever the veil is. So I was a little confused, especially since they seem like they're more masters of chaos. Yeah, I feel like we'll definitely know, have more answers this next episode because, yeah, they haven't really said much at all about what their goal even is. They are masters of chaos, but like they have to have some sort of little goal. I would think so. I mean, well, is their their goal just to not let the sorcerers in to release Gojo? I mean, from what we see here in a little bit, they're... I mean, yes, that is obviously Gojo had them hiding, so I'm sure that that's their main goal. Other than that, I think they're just assholes, man. Oh, they are assholes. That is a for sure statement. Just as the guy is saying that, though, we get a line of wires, snags him and his brother up, I'm assuming. You think they're brothers? Actually, Uh, no, no, no. um, I think he is just an accomplice to the grandson and the granny. Okay. That's what I think. I he could thinks be he's like the he's the Chad chart of the group. If me and my mama were, if y'all were going out for burgers, I would come with you. If we ran a crime organization and we brought you into the fold, yeah. if we sold knickknacks on the black market, okay, yep. Let me be the first to say, if me and my grandma ever start a knickknack black market business, you will be one of the first people I call, and I'll be there. I'll, I'll say, Mama, I've got a guy. Trust me. First thing I'm doing, getting a mustache and the same hairdo as this guy. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> and getting jacked. That's the first thing. He then sees that... Uh, oh, sorry. He snags them, starts to throw them off the building. We see that Yuji's being carried by Nue, mm-hmm. or the owl. And then Eno also got carried up here, I'm presuming, by the owl. And... He starts to get rid of the nails. He gets rid of one of them and then realizes that the other two are with Machimo. Yes. So actually, there were five total nails. I believe we've already taken out two that were more ground level. We found a third on the roof. 
and then the other two which are with Machima. Yeah, which seems kind of like cheap. Yes. It seems cheap. How They're is he cheating? They're not nailed into anything. Yeah. They're just loose nails. If that was the case, I would make 27 of these nails and only have two of them be the real ones. If they don't need to be nailed into anything. Maybe, yeah, I don't know how it all works, man. Me either. We got an explanation about veils earlier. Still confused by it. I also wanted to shout out, it was in my notes, um, but we're making good haste. Did the demon doggy so cute when it was going and cleaning up the transfigured yep. yuckety mucks? Just eating them up. Yes, it's like when I give my puppy Jai, Jaya the end pieces of bread. Right. Those are basically the mm-hmm. same thing as transfigured It's the same thing, yeah, yeah. When you're being a little girl, then you won't eat the end pieces of bread because you're a little girl about it. Oh, so wow. This guy just loves chowing down. He's the, he's the weirdo guys that you see e- eating a sandwich with the end piece of bread. Yeah. Times are tough, dude. Yeah, how many people that are listening to this are literally just barely scathing by eating in pieces of bread that are like, wow, Ronnie's a straight up uh, asshole. I'll tell you this, less people than the amount of uh, jerks who aren't even feeding it to their demon doggies and just throwing it away. Well, I- I'll tell you. You know when I eat the in piece of bread? When I'm making toast. Because okay. that's the only thing that it can be used for. Toast, or just don't throw it to your but dog. But I'm on the continuation of the Slimmeroo of 22 that's moved on to 23, and I just don't put a lot of, you know... For breakfast nowadays, I've decided don't start my day with six pieces of buttered toast wow. smothered in peanut butter and jelly. That's just a rule I've made for myself. That's a weird rule. <laughs> Never known you to have that rule. Anyways, Yuji grabs Machimo and throws him down what looks to be at least 40 floors. Okay, I counted. Eno then gets ready to fight the other man and the old granny. He then puts his burglar mask on with the eyes cut out and gets ready to fight. Okay, yeah, wow. Okay, I've got so much here. First of all, I am... Yuji should be the next animated Spider-Man. Yes, he reminds me a lot of Spider-Man. One, he uses the wires in a very Spider-Man way. Two, he swings off the building, breaking through a window, and then the, he lands exactly like Spider-Man. And then um, I have a note about Eno, but I can't f- uh, find it right now. So go ahead and keep going. Oh, okay, no, here we go. Eno hasn't made an attack yet, though, right? Not yet. All right, I'll refrain until we get to that point. I apologize. All right, so back down low, Fushi and Yuji see Machimo. Okay, he's playing dead. The classic possum game. Fushi calls him out, though. He finally gets up. He's ready to go at him, and then we go straight into the OP. You are my special. So out of it, we get a little flashback, and it's time to visit Eno and Nanami at dinner. Okay, and this is where I hand it off to you for the food, uh, the food items. Thank you very much. So first of all, we look like we're dealing with just some sort of red meat. Obviously, it looks like a Korean barbecue situation where they're making the food. Um, while they're sitting there and some people are like, Oh God, you know, everyone I've ever heard who went to Korean barbecue for the most part, seemed like it's a good experience, but then they go, I, <laughs> I think it was a one and done for me. Uh, I'll have them cook the food. Thank you very much. Nerds. First of all, I've never actually been, I'd love to go. So <laughs> Someone invite me. From what I've seen, it's very thin slices of meat. It's very hard to mess up. So the idea that these people are so overwhelmed with throwing it on a cooktop just is ridiculous. Throw it on, flip it over. Not hard. Uh, Eno seemed to do like he did a fine job. Yeah. Uh, You know, didn't take too long. Kept the integrity of the meat alive. Didn't just char it to a crisp, but got enough uh, caramelization on the meat to provide flavor. Uh, at the same time, there was some sort of herb that was on a dish that was too herby. There was too much green on that meat for me personally. Because if it was warm meat, don't have an herb just sprawled all about it. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't work. Shut up. You asked me. I did, and then I, I instantly regretted it. <laughs> Why? I thought that was good enough. That was terrible. What do you mean? 
It was good, but it was terrible. That <laughs> was <laughs> when you brought out the word caramelization. I, you I just didn't. Lost okay, me. I did not say caramelization. No one's caramel. name. No one's name Caramels. is Carl. Is it caramel or caramel? If anything, it's caramel. God, now you got me mixed up. Caramelization. Okay. There's no Carl in it. Okay. I've been watching, unless, the, I've been unless, watching way too much Jimmy Neutron. Unless basically. you're getting a burger at Carl's Jr., where then they might specifically call it caramelization for uh, ad purposes. Yeah. Great. One of the best top 10 mascots of any any place of all time. Any team, any place. Carl's because it's a star? It's a hat, right? No, that's Arby's. That, wow. Damn it. You are not doing well tonight. So Eno is insisting that roast beef at Arby's, by the way, is such a weird thing to me. What? When is another place that you've had roast beef like that? That's not Arby's. That's just not you know. They, I think it's. I'm not sure, and someone could probably correct me on this. I think it might be a sous vide situation. I don't know what that means. Sous vide is the process of cooking through, um, you know, vacuum sealed bags is what the mm, yep. product is in and then you bring water to a temperature that brings the meat to temperature as well do you like that or no i would be lying if i said i to ever turned down an arby sandwich but it's also not somewhere that i find myself too yeah. often yeah i mean sometimes you get that beef and cheddar and it just slaps and the three pepper sauce one of the better fast food sauces in the game Think and about the, the three pepper sticks. Think about the three pepper sauce. I also respect a fast food uh, restaurant that's like, you know what? Let's just do mozzarella sticks. And the place, the Arby's we used to go to when we yep. at work. Tell them about it. Midget, always a midget, running the front counter. He did a fine job. He was such an asshole. Yeah, but, he was. But it was one of those things where you looked at it, you're like, okay, he's a midget. He's uh, missing, at Arby's. He's missing a few teeth. He's probably over 50 years old he's running the cash register at an arby's on a tuesday at 12 30 p.m so yeah he's probably miserable and if he wants to take that out on me mm -hmm. a little bit i am fine with it yeah it will be a little bit that he takes out on you it's not gonna be a lot of it. we stopped taking our lunches we cut it back to 30 minutes later heard from a guy that man died so very sad very, very sad, sad but it also teaches you something about uh living with hate in your heart don't do it yeah. Morbid, a morbid end to a morbid story, to a so, morbid man <laughs> who was not morbidly obese. He was not, and he wasn't morbid because he was short. He was morbid because of his attitude. I want to make that mm -hmm. very clear. Right, rip. So we'll get back to the fifth minute of the episode where Nanami, you know, just wants Nanami's recommendation to be a first grade. He's very insistent on it. He says that he's not that bright, and he really looks up to Nanami though. He always tries to ask himself in a sticky situation, what would Nanami do? Mm -hmm. And this shit, this is really cute. It's I, I like it. I am thrilled to see someone uh, is a stand for Nanami as much as we are. Yeah. yeah. This guy, I understand it. How could you not be in Eno's position? It made me like Eno way more. Oh, and this. wait till he, I mean, he's pulled down the mask now. I can't hold myself back anymore. We're going to see some of the moves he has, and while he's really facing some tough competition, so I'm going to, you know, I'm scaling that on the grade the grade scale, I guess. Uh, I just want to apologize, because if I would be lying if I said that I ever speculated off mic that Eno was balding, and that's why he was looking like a 1960s I, burglar yeah. all the time. It's for a good reason. Also, I wanted to say I was expecting a piano to fall and land on somebody because he's from the 1960s and he's a burglar it never happens and i take back i take it back to I, okay i for a second i got lost because i was like wait are you saying burglars were very passionate about playing the piano but now i see no you're doing like a a tom and jerry roadrunner cartoon thing where there was always a piano just fall even on even in live pianos were just falling yep. everywhere and that could have been his curse technique luckily the person that wrote the story did not make that as cursed. The funny thing about that you mentioned pianos falling, there is, I already have in my notes, just a little tease for later in the episode, almost the exact kind of cartoon reference. No way. Just saying. Well. Listen to the end. 
that doesn't get you to keep listening, I don't know what will. <laughs> For the five of you still listening, just wait. Someone really liked my Korean barbecue take. <laughs> the caramelization. So back to the present. He uses auspicious beast summons number one. Such a long name. Well, yeah. It's like a drill type thing. Um, it's a. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it is. Why is it called that? And then it's just a drill type thing. I don't know, but it is seance technique. And by hiding his face, Eno can become a spiritual medium used to manifest the powers of the four auspicious beasts. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It injures the guy, though, who is strictly just defending the old hag granny. Uh, Eno uses number two, where he attempts to kill these two even quicker. We get then, when he's using number two, he actually runs up and starts fighting him. And I think we get one of the best choreographed fights of the entire show. This whole episode looked amazing. It looked so good. And I, I loved this fight right here. I was uh, I watched this episode a little bit later in the day than usual. Uh, some would actually call it nighttime. And I was just watching the big TV I've got out there. The light's off. Felt like I was watching a film. Oh, yeah. 100%. Pure, and I'll use the word that is just way overused, I feel like. Cinema. <laughs> you th- wait, wait, wait. You think cinema is overused? Yes. Okay. I think it's just about as overused as the word movie. <laughs> Which is why we say film. Uh, Won't catch us saying so cinema. instead of cinema, what are we going to say? Theater. Theater, yeah. Oh, what what a great theater. You won't catch us going to the cinemas because people are always saying that. <laughs> or the or the old country way how I say it, theater. Yeah, theater. Going down to the theater. So pop your popcorn now, kids. We ain't going to get any at the theater. Put them MMs down your sweatpants. <laughs> None of our grandparents ever sounded like that. That is no. so hick. They're sweet Southern. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, this is my, this is actually my great grandma, how she sounded. Well, go pull down your britches and use the commode. <laughs> Wait, why did she have to tell you to use the commode? Uh, does it, I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, that, a, wait, are kid. you saying that like you were at the cinema yeah. and she said that? Okay, that is Pull so, down yeah. down your britches, young <laughs> I don't believe that she told you to go pull down your britches. I think she knew that you knew to do that part, but it is so grandma to be like, make sure you go to the bathroom yeah. before like, we sit down for the film. And then I was like, granny, I'm 17, I know. And she's like, I'm just making sure. She was kind of losing her mind at that point, but it was a fun time. She was, was a, a lovely time. lady. Fun time. Grand Grand Turismo was a great, or Grand Torino, great film that I saw with her in the cinemas. <laughs> okay. So, you, never mind. We've got to get back on track. Yeah, yeah. Back to Yuji and Sushi. I was going to say Sushi. It's autocorrect. Back to Yuji and Sushi. We have them tag teaming Machimo with you. It's funny. I I just auto corrected Machimo into every sentence that this guy was in. What do you have him in as your notes? This weird man. <laughs> you type this weird man every time. You- yeah, every time. <laughs> so Yuji Yuji's punching. Fushi is using the demon dog. And what is this uh, weapon he's using? Is it a katana or like more of a a Thorfinn like no, knife dude, situation? Oh, we've freaking seen it before. It's like a. It's a cursed weapon, right? Yeah, but I can't remember the name of it. Well, I definitely don't remember the name. Oh, dang, it had a cool badass name, too. Slaughter Demon or something? Hold up, pause. Wait, that might be a Chainsaw Man weapon. It might be, let me see. Slaughter Demon was a dagger imbued with cursed energy that even non-sorcerers could use to exercise curses. And in the picture... It might be... I see Fushi in the picture with it. Okay. So I don't know exactly if that's what he's using. Someone I think would get it's mad Slaughter at Demon. Us, but it could very well be Slaughter Demon. That was an incredible pull by you. Thank you. Very proud to call you my co-host. But yeah, Machimo, he's fighting back. He's doing some weird flexibility type stuff. Looks like he's in a circus, like you said. Yep. 
And he even gets a slice on Yuji. Not very deep at all, but he does get a little slice on him. It counts. Fushi's confused because his demon dog, Claws, can cut through special grades, but it barely did any damage at all to this guy, which is not very good because we saw it literally claw through the special grade the end of season one. Right. But yeah, they're hitting this guy with just brute force, both going at him hard, but it's just nothing's happening to this uh, Machimo man. They can't even, not even a scratch. Nary a scratch. So we go back up to the old hag who's just praying and mumbling very scary things. And that was the first time that I felt spook from her. Yeah, because she wasn't doing this earlier. She just randomly started mumbling. And it was just, it was a weird prayer. Sometimes you can see a prayer and you go, oh, that's nice. They're, you know, they're really putting something out there in the universe, but. There's nothing not weird about these three. Like, (laughs) let's make that clear. These, they are weird beings from the beginning. Yeah, they all have like l- weird quirks about him. Like obviously uh Machimo's got just the eyes, the, something very o- off-putting about his eyes. The granny is old and prays weird. Um and then Cyberpunk dude is literally like robotic. They they're the are they assassins? Is that pretty much what they are? I don't know. If they are assassins, they're the assassins that aren't even really doing it for the money. They're doing it because they like doing it and like torturing. That's mostly what they are. They're not like Toji, who who was a gambler, really wanted some money. They liked torturing people, mm-hmm. pretty much. They were there for the thrill of it. Speaking of Toji. The man just keeps defending her, though. That's all he's worried about. Eno even mentions that this guy is not that strong, but there's obviously something up with the old hag because... He's doing everything he can to protect her. The guy then grabs what looks to be one of those domain-looking things, Mechamaru. Did you notice that? I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but it looks like a domain-type thing to swallow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And the granny says, Zinin Toji, at the end of her thing, as he eats a capsule. <laughs> Which just about <laughs> made my jaw fall off oh, my face. Oh, my gosh. Eno then uses his attack, trying to not let this happen, but right when he uses it, the guy just grabs the attack, and it's none other than the man himself, Toji. His face starts turning into But him. yeah, he looks like um like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay. Well, let's chat about this for a second. So when uh, Eno did his seance move, after I looked up the definition of seance. In my mind, I went, okay, that makes no sense. I don't understand how any, like, he's doing beast maneuvers and there's freaking drill attacks. So I was like, I don't, weird name for the episode. I don't really understand how he's applying it here. Maybe it means another, a secondary definition. And then freaking Toji pops up on my screen and I go, well, that's a talking with the dead a bit. Yeah. So he his seance, I feel like, is like a mythology type thing that's like a passed down curse technique, and he's using, those are beasts that used to exist or something. That's what I'm guessing, and he's using those through his curse technique because probably right. his family used it. Now, I thought, oh, wow, that's the cool, that's seance, that's the episode. No, this old hag, I think she even says something to the grandson where she's like, oh, what a coincidence. Meaning like, oh, I use seance too as my mm. curse technique. So then she uses it, but she uses it a completely different way. A much cooler, scary, horrifying yes. way. He can only summon these like ancient beasts. She summons whoever she wants, I feel like, if she has the means and knowledge of that person. Oh, God. So she could yeah. theoretically like summon the old Sukuna. That would have been... <laughs> If she knew, I think you have to like know him or something or have a dead body. There's, there's definitely some, some stipulations there. Okay. And just help me out here. Does she turn, he turns into it. Yeah. She turns him into it. She like creates the capsule and he eats it. And that turns him into it. Does she poop out the capsule? Did she poop out the capsule? I don't remember seeing her. Like, Was it a reverse? Grab anything out of her drawers. What are those? Uh, what? Uh, help me out here with the word. I know you used to have them done to you all the time. Vice, not a uh, bisectomy. Su- suppository. Suppository. Yep. Was it a reverse suppository? A depository. 
I, I did misspeak a little bit. Uh, reverse suppository. <laughs> I think I don't think she can do it with anyone. Then how does she do it with Zen and Toji? I think whatever he, God, I think they gotta have like a little piece of him or something. Yeah, well, we we'll get into it right here, but we go to the calling card and then we get a flashback. December nineteen eighty nine, Satoru Gojo is born. And then, okay, this is when I absolutely started losing my mind. I was like, this episode has taken me places I was not prepared to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was not prepared for any of this, and I've. I will say, especially the rewatch, I loved. I loved it when so I good. saw white a- eyelashes on a baby. Whoa. So then, we have a like a fourteen-year-old girl telling her father happy birthday. Um, the father is talking about how you know the mom. It's not that he doesn't like the mom, but apparently she cheated. She was on a him. bitch. Yeah. Well, she was because she cheated on him. No woman should do that. So the girl, you know, she's just being sweet with her dad. Uh, okay. Pause. While I don't condone women cheating on men, I don't condone it. I just said that. Don't okay. make that face at me. This mustache, this guy's rocking. Tell me, he tells me he's not completely innocent either. Okay, Ronnie. I'm just saying, dude. There is. You have got to get over I'm the just judgmental saying, stash. Go back and watch. Okay, he's got a little sketchy of a mustache. He's drinking uh, an alcoholic beverage while. Uh, yeah, I would be too if my wife just cheated on me. What is the another word that escapes French, me right now? My French tickler, my mustache didn't do enough for. Her. Well, okay, uh, here's what I was mad about: the mustache, the alcoholic beverage, and the aggressive man spreading while watching his young daughter pose in her new uh, schoolgirl outfit. I'm not saying he was thinking anything, but just have a little bit more of a demeanor about you. Yeah, he's thinking. God, I can't believe that. You know, you're the only one around after your stupid mom cheated on me. I don't know what he's thinking, Ronnie. I don't know what he's thinking. It's too early in the night because no one ever modeled a schoolgirl outfit past the hours of 11 o'clock unless it was in a sexual manner, which they're obviously not doing. I don't know why you took it there, but anyways. Because I'll take it away from there. I'll take it away from there. Dude, if if you go and look at it, he looks like he's getting ready to start in a corn film. God, well, I'm taking it away from there. The girl then seductively sits in his lap. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting us back on track. Jesus. She does sit in his lap and give him a hug. And it's pretty sweet, you know? So it's a sweet thing to do. No, it's not sweet. Because she stabs him in the back of the neck. And as she does that, her face then melts off. And we see that it's the old hag who has been shape-shifting. What so, is her deal? So this old hag can make these capsules and pretty much give it to anybody and give that person the... So she just did it to herself here. Okay. And killed the father, and it was a hit, I'm assuming. She got money for doing this. Good call. Um, He asks her, though, while he's dying, but- <laughs> where he asks her, where's my daughter? She said, I had to kill her to be able to use this power, basically to use this power, she needed a, a corpse. I don't know if she, I guess that means she need, like Toji, she must have got part of his corpse and was right. able to do this. And yeah. I'd like to see the logistics behind that. Yeah, like how much of the corpse do you need? Do you just need like a little piece right? flesh? That might be what it is, just a piece of flesh. And once you have that flesh, can you just use it forever? I would imagine she saved the flesh a moment like this I think she I think she really wasted Toji then depending on how long these pills wear or how quickly these pills wear off yeah it depends on how quick they I are. mean a 2v1 on a rooftop with a guy whose attacks already well, weren't doing that I don't that think much she good. can do anything like I think it's a 1v1 I don't think she can fight well she could if she swallowed a pill that's the thing though maybe she's too old to be able to like even move around though you're saying she should have swallowed this pill? I'm just saying, like... Do you know how many pills she probably already swallows at her age? She's probably tired of it. I know, so she. what's one more? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So wait, do you think that when she uh, she swallows the pill, she doesn't get their powers? It's just a disguise? That wouldn't make sense. Why would she no, no, choose no. Toji? I mean, well, no, because we see Toji. Yeah. He got the powers. So I don't understand. Why would she not swallow the pill? And, and It's basically a fountain of youth in pill form. 
I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I could see why she would give it to the grandson here. Just be like, hey, you fight him. Yeah. But she might, that's the thing. She might have like a different person. We need to know more rules. Maybe she can only produce one one pill per day. And it might be like if she does it, gives it to somebody else, she can't produce another one because she could just make another one and then turn into something herself. I feel like if I had to go out on a limb, I think that she can make Toji again because it seems like too weird of a time to just drop a a Toji Zenon on a rooftop with a 1960s burglar whose attacks aren't already doing that great. Well, he started damaging the guy. Like, he was getting yeah. to him. The thing is, though, like, yeah, I don't know. So, wait, what can that guy do by himself? Does he just suck, or is he just, like, very anxious to take pills so she, like, keeps him around? I'm sure he's thinking, oh, this guy's pretty good. I would much rather have the power of the strongest... Mm-hmm. One of the strongest people ever than myself. Okay. All right. We got to see more I from I mean, would too. you rather be Toji or would you rather be that guy? First off, Toji is way hotter. First of all, I would never want to be anyone other than myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm okay with me and I'm fine with that. All right? Okay. If I couldn't be Ronnie, I'd be Toji. <laughs> all right. Cool. She killed the daughter. That was what happened. She killed the daughter. She needs a corpse. We talked about that. She then says it was her mother she screamed for when she died, which was just such a dick, witch, bitch of a move thing to say as the husband is dying. Yeah, that makes me think that she made it so personal that I think it was more than just an assassination. She wanted this guy dead. I don't think she got hired for this. Okay, I mean, it could be that or and or both. Yeah, yeah, we're still just speculating. We're yeah. uh, goofing and gabbing, but I'm throwing her around. You don't throw a line as crazy as that for just someone that you don't. It'd be so mean. You're already killing them. Yeah, that's what these people are assholes, Ronnie. They're not good people. The fact that a granny acts like this, there's not many grannies out there. Most of the time, you know, grannies might be a little cranky and stuff, but mm-hmm. would never be like this. No, I just want to give you an oatmeal cream pie. Yeah. Don't make that face. It's a little Debbie treat. I know it doesn't sound great. No, it is pretty good. I used to eat those a lot. Machimo now has a full head of hair. How about that? He's, oh, yeah, because we flash back. Yeah, because we're, we're still, still in the flashback. We're still in the flashback, yeah. And he's in the forest, you know, ripping the skin off of the faces of victims. Um, he's burying them up to their head, and then... Yeah, their head is the only thing above ground. He then slices their scalp and starts opening up their face while they're still alive. Yeah, first of all, I am not going to underestimate the digging project that this is. Because he looks like, they look like they're upright, like standing. Dig them up, up, on, dig dig (laughs) them. Yeah, they must have hired uh, Stanley Yelnats for that. That is a job right there. Good pull. Uh, Okay, and horrified i don't he talks about if to me this sounds like he's either being just a serial killer right here okay or he's this is a job like this is an assassination job and he's just having fun with it while he does it because he says something along the lines of like uh you've got to learn the human body or something like that oh my god which is just He's horrified in the way that he slices the back of their skull and then just like starts uh, digging around in there like it's silly putty. I didn't quite get that from a uh, physical standpoint, but it made me uncomfortable. So yeah, we get a little, uh, you know, time skips a little bit ahead and they are informed of Gojo and how he has a bounty of 100 million yen already. Ooh. Damn. Where'd you find that? They keep outdoing themselves with building up the legend of Gojo. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like every time they add a little layer onto it, I'm like, okay, I get it. He's like, oh, he's like the strongest guy. And now they've got like a little kid walking around. You'll get to it, but they, I just yeah, love this so much too. They are then told it's first, cur- first come, first serve to kill him. So we got the granny waiting at a coffee shop, the other guy on a rooftop, and then we see... 
None other than Killua. Oh, wait. No, that's not Killua. Oh, nice. It's Gojo. Nice. Yes. And he's down low. He's got his hands in his pockets, just like Killua. I literally thought it was Killua. And he's walking down the street. He looks up. So they both sense that he senses them. And then he then looks up at the guy as who's up on the rooftop way far away. And both him and the granny absolutely shit their pants. She's like seven booths away from where she was at the coffee shop when we pan back to her. But they see that, and then they say that, you know, cursed spirits had been growing stronger and stronger recently, and it's all because of Gojo. It's the same as when an insurmountable insurmountable track and field record was suddenly broken. The Mm -hmm. balance of the world changed when he was born. They were free, but now they are not. And he is pissed about it. All right, listen, I love track and field as much as the next guy, Usain Bolt. Wow, what a real legend for the uh, country of Jamaica. I don't think it flipped its world on its head. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I know what he's talking about. He said, like, the uh, right. the mile record when it was, like, getting under the four minute mark yeah, yeah, yeah once somebody finally did it then it was just like multiple people started doing right, it right <laughs> but this is a little bit different than i that. think like it's a good comparison because there's not many things like this that happen but he should have finished his example and then be like but like 57 times worse than that <laughs> <laughs> and also the guy who put out the uh the hit the bounty on gojo and said first come first serve was the most was the biggest capper of all time that's <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like made it seem like oh you better hurry there's gonna be a lot of kids of guys coming at this kid no he's gonna one. be pretty easy to kill yeah and, and then it comes yeah that's what's awesome about it is because he's walking down the street of a busy city and the only two people that it shows like going after him are these two people and then they realize okay we're not going after him and it's also like um Like, this is what we're getting into, and I enjoy it. Like, seeing the cur- not actual curses, but like curse users who are just shitbags. Who are shitbags. And then there's also the element of like just them sensing that he sensed them. Something about that was so powerful that it horrified them. Because remember, uh, dude, it does so good building Gojo up like that. Because even when Toji, when Toji said. Remember, he he visited the Gojo clan, Mm -hmm. and Gojo is the only person to ever sense him from behind. That was just another great buildup, because it shows... That makes me think, too, was Toji about to, back in that day, kill the kid, kill Gojo for the money? Oh, I like that theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just decided not to. He's like, ah, maybe not now. He's on to me. Yeah. That's fun to think about. So, okay, we talking about these shitbag curse users? It also makes a lot of sense now why um, they like recruit cursed users as soon as they find out about them into high school mm-hmm. to like try to not let them grow up to be <laughs> right just terrible. That, yeah, people. that seems smart. Yeah, makes a lot of more. It makes a lot more sense now. But this guy then Machimo says that he never wants to retire as a murderer and a dickhead. He's never retiring from that. Fushi is still just thinking. Uh, inside of his head what possibly this guy's technique is um he tries to tell the guy that gojo is in uh shibuya but this guy says no i know he's sealed because i heard your friend over there yelling from across the building are you the type of guy when they're talking about like oh i'm trying to figure out this guy's uh his technique are you, are you like a person who watches and tries to figure it out too? Or are you just like, I'm going to wait for them to tell me? just went off. So I was saying, are you the type of guy when he, Fushi's trying to like figure out his technique? Are you one that's like watching and trying to figure it out too? Or are you just like laying back and just like, oh, he'll tell me when he figures it out? This episode, I was laying back. Okay. Sometimes I am like that, but this one I was like, I I don't know. Most times I try to figure it out for about 30 seconds and then I go, oh, it's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> this one seemed too hard for me from the beginning, so I was like, I'm not even trying. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's thinking of different possibilities though, and uh, then he goes, well, he can't beat Gojo. He's obviously concerned about that, so his technique probably isn't uh, impact nullification, which is just, yeah. 
self-explanatory. Fushi then brings out the bunnies. What does he call them? Does he have a special name for these? He does. He calls them uh, something. Let's see here. Oh, I'm I'm past the point. Let's see. The snow hair. Something hair. Fleeing hairs. Fleeing hairs. Okay, a bunch of white bunnies. These are always creepy. This reminded me the of the red eyes. It's the red eyes. It's the red eyes. They remind me of uh, Re Zero, which is just got some creepy moments, mm-hmm. but uh, they're kind of cute, but they're also terrifying. It's because of the ears. The ears do a lot for him, but the red eyes really take away from it. Also, to summon it, he does like the shadow puppet. It made me think the shadow puppet community has taken a big hit the past like 15 years because I think that they... Yeah, not as much sunlight. Well, not only that, because I'll tell you when they really uh, flourished, they really died after the age of classroom projectors. Ooh, yeah. Is that what they were called? Do you remember calling them something else? Because I felt like there was a name for it, but I couldn't remember it. Smart boards? Nope, that's obviously not what I'm talking about. Shadow puppets? Obviously not what I'm talking about as well. Anyway, the things that you had to turn the lights out for because they roll, the teacher rolled it out from the corner of the classroom. Oh, very yeah. strong light bulb. That's a projector. Okay, I thought I just thought maybe there was another name for it. Like they had the model name. And I think it was like seven three one. And you don't have to keep trying. You obviously don't know the clear sheets of some sort of material that they would write with on an expo markers. You yeah. know what I mean? God, at the end of class, kids love to go up there and do some bunny ears or some mm-hmm. shadow puppets or a wiener. They don't do that anymore. No one was making it. Mean, if they were making a wiener, it was just a single finger, and you were the only one that thought that funny. I was too mature. That was hilarious. <laughs> So back up top, Eno is scared shitless of this guy in front of him, who is now in a full Toji form. He can tell by just his stance that this guy is hella strong, is the exact words he uses. When somebody in an anime uses the term, he's hella strong, you better watch the fuck out. You better watch out. Also, absolutely loved the detail from the show that showed that uh, Eno was sweating his balls off underneath this mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because he's lifting it up off of his nose to get a good breath of air, and sweat is just pouring out of that thing. Yeah. So he tries to use number four, R-Y-E, Rye. I think I might have misspelled it. It might have been R-Y-U. Ryu. Yeah, it might have been Ryu. Number four, Ryu. But no, Toji with the speed... Flies up, steals his mask to where he can't use it anymore. Starts beating the shit out of him, hitting him with a thousand slaps. I don't even think it's punches. I think it's a thousand slaps. And then we see blood stain all over the rooftop, but we don't see Eno. I think he might be dead. I have that as well. I think, oh my God, my notes say, oh my God, did Eno just die? And oh my God, did Toji's uh, sweater neck get wider did it get wider and please tell me blood did not get on it because he looks hot as fuck he looks very hot if everyone remembers the knives out promotion sweater that chris evans wore in that film um this one should be just as famous because he's rocking it and also how traumatized is yuji gonna be if he gets back on top of the rooftop and sees a splattered uh eno sitting there I think it would be pretty traumatized because even though he hasn't known him long, that would be the first human of his friends that he's seen die, right? Yeah, I think so. And I just want to take this second, you know, you always call me out for being like, oh, Ronnie, God, you just want to see people die, just want to see people die. Uh. I'll tell you, it'll take a little thing, or it'll take a little, what am I trying to say? The show will take a little bit of a hit in my mind. If they try and tell me that Eno survived this. I don't think he's going to. I, I'm just on the side of I think he died. And I think that it's it's going to help Yuji. It's going to be his first victim. Not being somebody too close to him. Like mm-hmm. Anonymy. It's going to be somebody that you know he just met kind of. But it's going to fuck with him. It just works so well. One because of that, like that dynamic. Because I also think it'll bother Megami. And, oh yeah, and then two, like they have it set up to where oh Eno was watching these two, 
but then mm-hmm. he died. It's and, just it's it's set up perfectly for just like oh a good storytelling death. Like I don't want him to die, but and the Fushi stakes. is gonna be face to face with his dad, who's not really his dad though. <laughs> oh, hadn't quite considered that yet. <laughs> oh my god! And he will get his ass beat. I mean, both of them. Like they do not need to let Toji get anywhere near them. I hope you gotta pop these transfiguration pills as much as you gotta, or as much as my dad has to pop a leaves. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if not, we're in trouble. <laughs> if they just keep lasting. Yeah. Um. Also, too, this even scares me more for Nanami. His like favorite student. If his favorite student dies, I could see this setting up a thing where he possibly gets killed too. And it's like a very sad moment, him talking about Eno. Oh, man. Uh, this is getting scary. And dude, this isn't even... The craziest part about this, Ronnie, this is not even the main villains. No. This Be- is just random. In Showtime, we met these guys 17 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. These are just random people. Like, this is how... Yeah, I, the end of last episode, we talked about how shit could just go so south from here. It has gotten way worse. And these yep. are just three random. It could, there could be more out there. There could be more. Meanwhile, though, um, we got Machimo. He's realizing that these bunnies might be a distraction for a bigger attack. And that's when uh, Fushi releases the hairs and then uses Max Elephant mm-hmm. to try and squish him, to which is, does not work. He catches the elephant. Yep. Now, this is, where, this is the moment we've been waiting for. This is what people have been uh, staying tuned in for. I felt like Max Elephant would have worked better if it didn't li- didn't literally make the cartoon noise as it was falling where it went. I can't whistle good, so it sucks, but... Where <laughs> yeah. it was almost the piano. <laughs> Just, the piano the falling elephant. from the 40th I'm, floor. Did you catch that? Yeah, the yeah, elephant yeah. literally falls down and he goes... <laughs> And so he just looks up and catches it. He just catches it. So Fushi points at Yuji, though, who throws an entire car at this guy afterwards. Who's even? He's even amazed. He's like, how strong is this guy? Also, It also shows, too, Yuji's just gotten way stronger since the beginning as well. But then Fushi says that for now, you know, we just need to keep attacking at full force. And then that's when this guy tells us himself inside of his head that his technique is inverse. Attacks that hit him are made weaker the stronger they are. And the weaker that the attacks are, the stronger they become. He says, not one person has ever managed to dodge my counter after landing their finishing blow as they both go to hit him. And then we see some blood fly. But then we go back to Fushi. Okay, pause real quick because this is one of those times I've talked about it before if you've been listening for a while. The most frustrating thing as a you know below average podcaster is when you're watching the show and you have a thought in real time or if you're taking notes and you put it down like for example in this one he explains his attack and I go okay so we just got to walk up and flick this guy go ahead and continue your notes Chad yeah we then see Fushi back when all the hairs were surrounding the Machimo He's already figured out that it's probably an inverse technique um, because he stayed fine while slamming to the ground, too, from the 47th floor. Mm-hmm. Fushi is pretty damn smart because he says that his technique is probably a bad matchup against complex techniques. The reason it wouldn't work against Gojo is because... It's so simple. Yes. Yuji realizes that they need to attack together one strong hit and one weak hit would be the move right here. So wait, do you not have Yuji's line? That's what he just said. Oh, you don't have Yuji's line, huh? What was Yuji's line? Where Yuji said, so we got to flick him to death? <laughs> wait, he said that? Yeah, and because I went, oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> I just put that in my notes, and now you're going to... You're just gonna take my line from me? <laughs> Why did I not? I never even saw that. Yeah, line. he literally says he's like, "Oh, so we just gotta flick him to death." <laughs> uh, I was sitting on here on my edge of my seat, waiting for you to get to. Get That's to that so line. funny. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even think I saw that both times watching for some reason. 
<laughs> just one of those lines that just let like completely crossed me. But yeah, they can't let the guy know that they know his technique. So what happened? They had used the frog. Is it game Gamo? Uh, Gamo? Gamma. Yeah, Gamo. They had used his weak attack to hurt him while you know sending the strong attacks. They then just start throwing regular little punches at him, like just absolutely kicking his ass. That's what they did here. Yuji released his black flash, whatever. He's just th- they're throwing little sissy punches, pretty much, right? And it's just beating the shit out of him. Uh, which oh. was yeah fun to see like visually also i went back to get the line exactly right because it made me so mad but i gotta give yuji credit for you know great minds think alike i guess he said so we can defeat him with a forehead flick <laughs> okay yeah and fushi or megami's like no they can't the attack can't be that weak but i don't think he knows how well itadori flicks yeah i'm sure he can flick a bean far this amazing, so the amazing music kicks in from season one. You you wouldn't recognize it because you're not an OST guy, and you just all you care about is the visuals and the fighting. Okay, I the care about guy. Literally didn't have the note of the lines that were being spoken, but he caught the OST in the background at twenty seven percent volume. <laughs> Great <laughs> OST moment here. It's <laughs> Fushi's theme. Um, the guy still got fight left in him though, and that's when. He starts throwing attacks. Yuji charges at him, starts to throw a strong punch, but right when he gets to the edge of him, he lets go of his black flash, gives him a simple punch, and sends the dude, the dickhead, absolutely flying. Effectively just kicking his ass. That's when Fushi says, wow, you are pretty adept. End of episode. And I'm just impressed with our boys. Yeah. I mean, mainly Megami. We've been talking about, I think, the past two episodes. We've missed this guy. We hadn't got much of him. He, he's he just the, he's the number one student. He is. He's, he's definitely just amazing. All right, because he's here to take care of business, but at the same time, he can slow down. He can analyze the situation. He gets his answers. He does a great job explaining it in a way that can be understood to uh, Yuji, which is just a trait that you really can't teach. And they get it done. They get it done. End of episode. That was a fun little ending, though. And also, Yuji, he's getting better, too. He's getting smarter. Stronger, yeah. He's stronger, smarter, listening. Yeah. He 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 knows yes. that Megumi is the leader right here. He listens to everything he says. That's what I was going to say. He's yeah. like, you know, you, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I won't diagnose him with ADHD, but he seemed to have a little bit of that in uh, the past season, So I'm, but he's working on it. Yeah. So he let's is. go. Yeah, I mean, next episode just seems like it's going to be great. That's the thing with the show where it is right now. Like, I hope we come back to these guys, but we might not. There's still so many other groupings around this veil situation that we have not. I mean, dis- do, we, do we find out if Eno is dead next episode? I'm up in the, I'm 50-50. I hope so. But at the same time, for whatever reason, I've been in this situation before where I'm like on a cliffhanger and I feel like the show might just go in a complete opposite direction. And in the past, I've been more mad at the idea that they go in an opposite direction than this time. If they did, I would be okay, I think. Yeah. Because I am very interested in the other groups and what they're up to. Like Panda and... And learning. Yeah. More so even like the characters that we don't even know that all well. Yeah, like the uh, old beer drinker. Okay. Like, what's that guy's story? (laughs) Yeah, oh, so... Okay. Now that you say that, though, oh, God, that worries me even more about, uh, what's her name? Oh, my God, why can I not think of her name? Who are we talking about? Describe her, I'll help you. She's literally with Fushi and Itadori as an underclassman. Oh, Nobara? Nobara. That was bad. It's okay, brother. We got a lot of names and we're... Yeah, Nobara, that scares me even more about her, though, because our boy Yuji and Fushi are fighting completely different people, that means she might run into the curses. She might be the, one of the uh, first ones running there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're even outside. Well, uh, yeah, that is worrisome for they're, sure. Yeah, they're running outside. They're literally going to meet them. So Chozo, uh, Mahito, probably running it in before they run into Fushi. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Fushi so that's what I'm saying. Like, we got that on the table. God, I kind of feel like we might just, like, skip over to a different group. We might not I'm see cool with happens. it. I'm cool with it. I kind of want to see though if he did die. Like if it just showed us like his decapitated head or something. I know. I need. I need the show to. Uh, come and Nanami. Where is Nanami again? Nanami's looking for the assistant to the director. 
because they got like yeah they got grown-up shit to do hopefully nanami runs into the guy with, that killed assistant to the director and absolutely beats his ass god those guys are out there too yeah oh that's chaotic how fun wow yeah this is getting juicy look Real at you jujitsu I mean, people were right they've been saying season two is gonna get wacky and here we are mm-hmm. all right this has been fun check us out and all the links below i've been ronnie i've been chatty peace peace